You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads, and welcome to Speed City. We are here in Austin, Texas, and we're excited about tonight's show. This is John Massengill sitting in studio with Jonathan Green. It's a frigid. And Les Kaiser. Yeah. It is cold. This is not right. I, we're I, in I, Austin. I didn't leave my little silver island of coldness to come to. No. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I am not well, used to this cold. I the food's a lot better. The food is a little better. It has been high in the 40s all weekend long. It, yeah, everybody says Austin is great, and yes, it is a ca- most of the time, but occasionally we get this disaster. I'll tell you what, you could be turning British. Listen, you get 300 <laughs> great days of, of, of sunshine, and now look at you, you're complaining. Hey, that's right, I'm spoiled. <sighs> that's all there is to it. But we hey. got 10 feet of rain. <laughs> yeah, there is true. that, yeah. They say everything's big in Texas. I tell you, I, I, I seriously had an English guy come here. I, I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, it could rain five inches in one day." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No, I went, "No, really, <laughs> it could rain five inches in one hour in yes. Texas." Here. Yeah. All right, boys, let's run down what we got on the show. We're really excited because we have Nico Christodoulou, who is a 13-year-old. I'm year glad you old. got the name down. Hey, I just have to, I don't hey, think about it. You everybody just spit better it out. learn Christodoulou. that. Christodoulou. Everybody better learn that one. He is a young, he, man, he's, he was amazing. He, we just had him in studio a few minutes ago. We had to do a quick pre-record because he had to run. But, uh, but it's a really exciting story because this kid is obviously a young, fast driver, and when people are telling me stories that you got to check out this kid in town down at Harris Hill, yeah, you know something's up. Yeah. Uh, being who was telling it's, me that, that, you know, honestly, it's exciting. I, I love finding that. I, I've done it before. I've been to a cart circuit, uh, you know, and everybody's hooning ran, uh, and I'll never forget uh, when I was well, this is years ago, but uh, I was a kid in China. Uh, and my friend said to me, watch this kid. And it was uh, a guy called Andre Kuto. And about 10 years later, he won the Macau Grand Prix and now went on to race in, you know, GTs. And That's cool. I, I was going to ask you, world touring cars. was there anybody else, you know, you're, you're 25 years in motorsports. I mean, is there anybody that you've met? Like we met Rossi, Alexander Rossi, of course, oh, when yeah. he was oh. he was trying to, but any bigger. Yes. One guy who was third in the Formula BMW Championship and no one could could hold a candle to him because he just had this ridiculous grin on his face the whole time. And he was unknown at the time. Oh, completely unknown. Um, and in fact, uh, the championship was won by a guy called Earl Bamba. Second in the championship <laughs> was a guy called Sam Arbe from Australia. They won all the races between them. And the guy who came third didn't win any of the races, but his name is Daniel Ricciardo. I knew when you said big smile, I knew you were going to... But his smile was there right from the very get-go. Oh, that's, yeah. That's all. Well, you know, it's funny. I kind of have a similar story with Ricciardo because... His first year in Formula One here in Austin, he was just kind of wandering through the paddock. Sure. And we had our young intern who was with us, and us, and she was talking. You were trying to get her to get some interviews, and she just walked up to Daniel Ricciardo, and there was no crowd of press around him. You know, in fact, you know, normally you go up to the big name drivers, and you can't even talk to them because right. they, they got their handlers. But he was able to stop in the paddock. We had a nice conversation, and she was like, "Oh, he's so nice." I was, "Yeah, he was nice." And Sure enough, he... All right, well, I'll make a prediction. You know our mate, our friend, Marcus Erickson, who always gave us interviews. We had a great long interview with him this year, uh, the Sauber driver. Well, he's going to be on stateside this year, and he's going to be, I think, 
making his way in IndyCar very quickly, just as Rossi did. You know, it's funny. I read an article about him right before I came to the show is that he was talking about coming from Formula One and testing an IndyCar, right? And the article was, in the article, he was basically saying, you know, F1 is such, you know, everything is just flawless and perfect and regimented. Mm. And he said that coming to Indy, it said it just reminded him of why he loved motor racing yeah. and how it's such a different sport from every level. But he was really, really excited and, and just how it had reminded him of coming up through it a little bit. Not necessarily that it wasn't, you know, as fast or whatever, but just the fact the way it was run, just differently. He was having a lot more fun. I, well, and I, I've said this so many times. If you are not an Indy fan, start watching it because this is a real golden era for Indy car racing, both in the talent uh, that we've got, in the depth of talent, with the occasional drivers like Alonso coming to do the 500 like like they used to, like Graham Hill used to in the good old days. Um, and we've got depth. We've still got the classic names like Penske and Ganassi, um, but we've got young superstars coming up. And Joseph Newgarten, he is far from done, and so is Scott Dixon, who might be a little bit older, but hey. Well, I tell you, there is a, uh, there's a racing audience out there that, that's kind of lost their way from their race body. And I was amazed because I heard... NASCAR viewership is way down. We're gonna have to talk about this later. Mm. There is a, it's there's a steady. huge downturn uh, over the past two years, and and I've got the numbers behind it. Yeah, it's been. It, well, I mean, it's been on a steady decline. But I saw some of those numbers too, Les. It was like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's scary for NASCAR, but I, I mean, they were coming off of such an enormous high. Mm. I mean, of what a decade ago, the numbers were just. Astounding. Good news, though, is that NBC have both IndyCar and NASCAR, and I think there's going to be a concerted effort by that company um, who, uh, you know, let's face it, it's leader for you and the boys. They know what they're doing. Um, and uh, I think that television coverage is going to be crucial in the next few years. Well, obviously, we're excited about IndyCar coming to Austin because we got the test in, what is it? Um, It'll be in mid-February, yeah. Yeah, mid-February. We're not, I don't need the, uh, do we know the t- details yet? Is it going to be open to the public? I know, the I'm going to be in New Zealand, so, you know, oh, I'm, that's right. I'm you crying in my soup already. Uh, so, hey, I'm not in bad place, though. Well, speaking of New Zealand, that's one of the things we're going to talk about yes. today because we've been on this theme, of course, with Nico, this interview we're going to play here in a few minutes is about us following young drivers, and that is really what the Toyota Racing Series down in New Zealand that you're about to go to, and it's, what, five weeks long, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's the um, it's the biggest winter series. Now, you remember in New Zealand, it's summer, um, but it's yeah. the biggest winter series worldwide uh, in terms of prestige. Um, it's basically uh, single-seaters. Uh, basically, a car, the car is between an F3 and um, a Formula Renault car. So it's, you know, it's up there. Um, you've got to know what you're doing. Yeah, it's probably not, 300 plus horsepower. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 315 uh, okay. plus horsepower, um, a Corolla-based engine. Um, and it's slicks and wings, obviously. And it's, um, but what, what, what really sets it apart as a series is it's the most intense series. It's five weeks long. And in that five weeks, they do a full season of racing, and I mean a full season. So we're talking about, from start to finish, over 3,000 kilometers of race time. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's practice and qualifying. So you're doing three races a weekend, a reverse grid in the case of uh, the the second race, Um, but uh, and and each one is obviously scoring points. More importantly, those points eventually go to the championship, and who wins the championship, there's FIA super license points as well, up for grabs. So it's not only... 
racing at a time where there is no racing, i.e. there's nowhere you can go single-seater racing right now anywhere in the world, yeah, pretty much. Point. There is, to be fair, MRF do a, a winter series. Uh, Mick Schumacher did that. Um, and there are starting to be some more winter series in the Middle East and so on and, and, and Asia. But uh, New Zealand is without doubt the most prestigious uh, of the lot. And, and we've actually got three Americans in it. So I want to talk about those later. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take an early break now because I want to want to get to is I want to get to this interview we did we did with Nico Christodoulou and and uh, and then we're well by the way we're going to have Parker Locke on the on the show tonight another young American driver or American and going to Better Toyota Racing Texan. Yeah, he's from San Antonio, but he his this flight got canceled. So, so he's, he's not had, an American. He's a Texan then. <laughs> exactly. It's a whole other country. All right, guys, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go straight into that interview with Nico Christodoulou. We'll be back after these messages. It's Patrick Lindsay driving Park Place Motorsports Porsche, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, guys, we're going to go straight into this interview with a young Canadian 13-year-old driver that was here in Austin that we stumbled across uh, racing out at Harris Hill and a couple of places. If you want to know where the future is, stay with us. Don't change the dial. We're, we're on the case. That's a big thing of Speed City, isn't it? Yep. All right. We're going to go straight into this, this interview with Nico Christodoulou. All right. We want to welcome to the show. We're very excited. We have a young Canadian driver, Nico Christodoulou. Nico, welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. Well, thanks for coming in studio. Great to have a race driver in studio. Yeah. Well, we're Les, you want to start this because you met some gentlemen that introduced you to Nico. That's right. So uh, my buddies down at Harris Hill run into them one night chatting away. It's like, you got to, there's a kid down there cleaning house. I was like, cleaning house, what do you mean? He goes, no, 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 open wheel, F4. This guy is clocking and he is doing awesome. He's beating a lot of the locals that uh, have strong reputation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you know, knowing the guys that were saying it, so that piqued my attention, did some digging around, and here's Nico. <laughs> I, and well, I like this because we pride ourselves on this show uh, for trying to find, you know, uh, you know, young guys who are coming up. Uh, we had a, a young 21-year-old girl who's just uh, uh, last weekend uh, who um, who is doing the women's series or hoping to do the women's uh, I remember that series. youngster named uh, 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 Rossi. Our <laughs> first guest was Alexander Rossi. Yeah. Um, and no one had really heard about him back then. And so, yeah, we pride on ourselves on, on, on the youngsters. I'm about to go to, to New Zealand. We've got a, a guy on the show as well later um, who... Um, uh, is just seventeen, and he's going. To, he's going to be at the Toyota Racing Series. Uh, I do Macau every year, so I, I'm, I'm, I love it, and I love that all of us have the same interest in 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 the in the guys coming up. Because how how old are you now? I'm uh, thirteen, turning fourteen, two months. Okay, but now okay. <laughs> let, so explain to me because I thought you had to be older to be able to do F4. Is that correct? Right. Okay, so I think it's 15, right? Uh, yeah, 15. Okay, so how you how you sort of... <laughs> so you're basically coming down here, because obviously it's too bloody cold up there. Is that um, the difference you, between metric and American? <laughs> <laughs> 
But I'm, I'm presuming then you're getting, uh, effectively you're getting experience um, uh, here uh, because I guess you can't write, really race in Canada or can you? You can in certain months. So mm-hmm. only from say April to October, you can race um, in Toronto, maybe Montreal. Yeah. And that's mainly the most places where you can start driving. But up there, it gets cold after that and you can't yeah. really drive. Have you been to the Grand Prix in Montreal? I've been twice, yeah. Oh, good man. I've been, I've been, awesome. to, I've been to a couple of times. This is a great Grand Prix. Good race. And what's interesting is Nico has been working and racing and testing in club series, not necessarily okay. the full-fledged F4 group. And so that's how he gets his seat time in at this point. He mixes it up with the F2000s and things of that. And he's, he's proven himself very well. I, you know, honestly, you know, I mean, and I know you know this, but we get asked or the Brits get asked, why aren't there more Americans? Why aren't there more British drivers? And the bottom line is because the Spanish and the Brazilians start at four and they they are racing <laughs> yeah. cars at a That's very true. young age and it's true uh, you know the younger the better um, Ayrton Senna everybody talks about how great he was three time world champion well he started at four you know Michael Schumacher his father had a, 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 a kart track Lance Stroll likewise grew up in Canada right. but his dad had a racetrack you know these are the advantages that you know mere mortals like I'm sure you are uh, don't get the opportunity to do so first and foremost I can I ask a, what do you how did you get involved I mean why aren't you playing hockey? But you know what I mean? Why 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 motor racing? Since I was little, I always loved cars, racing. I always loved to watch it on TV. In my stroller, I always looked at the wheels, how they <laughs> turned round and round and round. I always loved things to do with wheels, motors. So when I was nine, I, I started to get into cars, watch a couple races here and then. And uh, So what um, races would you watch? Would you watch Indy? Would you watch Hengetown and Indy? Indy, uh, Formula One, NASCAR, all that type okay, of stuff. Okay, so a bit of Paul Tracy, bit of Hengetown. Yep. I'm just thinking of the Canadians that have obviously <laughs> uh, been successful. But... Uh, uh, and um, well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and and I always ask the question then: When did you realize, or when did your parents realize? Because it's usually the parents that foot the bill in your your, your in your early age. Um, when did they realize that you were both serious and potentially good? <laughs> My first year of um, pro-type karting. So my first club racing is when I started to get fast. From the beginning of the year, I was at the back of the pack and then started to get to the front of the pack at, um, near the end of the year to winning races. I love it. I love <laughs> That's it. awesome. And then you fast forward, he's got some championships under his belt. In less than a year, year and a half, he's into the F4 cars and turning hot laps with the best of them here at Harris Hill. So he goes to Mexico with the uh, as an exception and he gets to test full fledged FIA what, to the race? Cars. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. So he tests three times before race weekend. He gets the seal of approval. He's in the race. How cool oh. is that, people? On the Grand Prix weekend in front of Formula One. Right. Oh, tell me about it. So that that must have been just incredible. Yeah, that was my favorite experience of I've had in racing. Wow. <laughs> and so you're there. Did you see any of the Formula One guys? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of got composited, but... Um, they had something to do that but, weekend. But to be yeah. on the same track in the same weekend, I mean, there was over 100,000 people in the yeah, crowd. Yeah, that was incredible. Uh, have you ever experienced anything like that? No. <laughs> okay, well, I, I got to say, you know, it doesn't come cheap. Right. Did you have some sponsors? What got you there? Um, I had my title sponsor, Absolute Interior. They helped me a long way through um, that race weekend. And, um, yeah, helped me all the way. Um, oh, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. But it must Thanks, be frustrating. Absolute. I was going to say, it must be frustrating because you've picked a sport and it sounds like you know what you're doing, but you've picked a sport, as you well know. You can't just, you know, get a hockey stick and 
in some boots and, and, and go. You, you, you know, this is an expensive sport and you do need sponsors. How much thought process have you put to the fact, I mean, the fact that you're doing media already is good, uh, but you really have, you know, that's going to be the, where the work is. I mean, uh, there's a lot of naturally talented drivers, um, but it's the ones who, you know, it's, it, it's also the other side of the pie, if you will, of, of, of getting those sponsors and getting people interested in you. Are you, are you working on that side of things? <laughs> I'm working more... Um off and on that side I'm not yeah. really in that department of trying to get sponsors that's all I mostly leave that to my parents so they can deal with that work I mo- mostly focus on developing myself as, as a driver with my coach getting as best as I can we'll call Gene Hass or Zach Brown yeah, yeah, see, well, see how that there. goes but well, how- uh, Nico I gotta ask you know did your parents have anything to do with motorsports before yeah. you started watching the wheels on your stroller <laughs> <laughs> no not really my dad likes racing my mom is a fan and haven't really they don't drive cars or anything but that gets even bigger kudos that you branched out kudos to mom and dad for saying okay let's give it a shot that, that's yeah so far beyond awesome and you're not a second generation name that we recognize things like that I love it yeah and you got a you got a you got the name of a world champion of not many years ago in Nico you better um, figure out t- your nickname yeah <laughs> what, what happened, so what happened in Mexico where did you start where did you finish the first race I started ninth and then um, I on the first lap, I battled up to fifth and then um, made a couple of rookie mistakes, which I learned from in the second race. That comes with being 13. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was battling with someone on the front straightaway and they forced me onto the curb and I locked up and went straight off. Finished second last that race. And the final race was phenomenal. Mm. <laughs> I started 13th, um, made my way up to eighth and um, battled around there for a couple laps. And that was the highlight of the weekend I ended up getting rookie of the event wow and and, and in front of yeah. a Formula 1 audience done, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. you may not have done the uh, series but that's a point scoring position right um, and I guess um, what what I guess what, what what's the plan to, to basically keep doing what you're doing and get into an F4 st- series wh- whenever you're eligible yeah right so my plan is when I'm we develop me now when I'm 15 I step into a race I end up winning that all the championship too and make my way up the steps to Formula One or IndyCar. Wow, that is that is impressive. And, so, and is F1 rather than Indy your hope? Formula One has always been my dream to make it there, but IndyCar and Formula One, there's also a big option there. I'm going to say, yeah. Love I it. mean, and you're coming at this at a time when there is, we were talking on the way here, that, you know, the FIA now have opened up Formula Four and Formula Three to be able to score um, super license points. Uh, and so are the series too, like the, like the Toyota Racing Series that I'm doing. Uh, in January so you know you're coming at a good time where the, the options are available to you um, which is really exciting now I've got to ask you a really serious question now because like you say you're in this a bubble of a of a great position to be in but a bad position because you want to drive and you want to drive more simulators <laughs> got to be part of your thinking right. because that's the new way and I've seen so many youngsters make it that way nobody can rent a track every day mm. you've got to get on a simulator are you doing that? Yes I have a simulator at my house in um Inside my bedroom, I sit there for a couple hours a day, drive, play some other games, have fun. Yeah. That's after you've done your chores, though, right? Oh, yeah. I just, oh, yeah. Just Always. Okay. <laughs> so we heard Alexander Rossi and we've heard from several others about their physical workouts besides the driving portion. Are you into that regimen yet? Yeah, but I work out about maybe an hour, 45 minutes a day um, and then get onto my all my schoolwork, keep mm-hmm. that up. And that's the most important.
important thing. Going to say, yeah, keep that. I mean, keep that dream alive, but but uh, get your schoolwork done because oh, yeah. the, the the history is there's a litany of uh, of drivers that were really good uh, and then had to do another job. So keep keep the schoolwork up. <laughs> well, so Nico, what do you think for 2019? <laughs> He's thinking. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, looking yeah. around. Which, which answer am I giving today? Um, I hope to be in another F4 um, series in um, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, run that and hopefully do well. Let me ask you another question. The F4 car, we've got 13 here at the Circuit of the Americas, and we've had a, a good sniff around at them, and, and they are available to rent for, 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 for people. How hard is it if you were just advising somebody who'd never been in a car, a single-seater car, uh, may have done some karting, how hard is it? to progress into single seaters with slicks and wings it takes a lot of practice okay. to get yeah. used to it it um took me a while to get used to the car it took me about a couple of days it it's a long jump from karting and mm. a normal little street car to jump into a formula car and race at the g limit of each corner and be able to hold up the car oh i think it's awesome i think you it's impre- also- i think it's impressive les has found the future star i love it <laughs> I, i'm just thinking gosh your dating life's going to be awesome soon okay. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully well nico we really appreciate you coming on the show and of course we wish you the best of luck in all of your career and we're going to be following you very closely now and we're going to get you back on the show as well he was born four days before me so things are going to look really good oh, yeah. he looks a lot Should- better yeah nico- <laughs> How can, <laughs> we, how can well, the audience oh, wait, keep wait. up with you? 2005, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. What's your social media? Yeah, what, what, where, what? give us your name again because it's a long name. So my name is Nicholas Christodoulou and you can follow me on Instagram at Nicholas Christ- Nico Christodoulou Official and on Facebook at Nico Christodoulou. Nico, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. And thank Alonso's you. final race at the Indy 500 <laughs> is beaten by the youngster Christodoulou. <laughs> I like it. I can, I can see it. Practice now. that. I, You're going to need I'm, it. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, Nico. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, what a great kid. I'm I'm really excited to watch his career. But uh, all right, guys, let's go ahead and go straight into a break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about these young drivers and talk all about. We got some other stories, too, from Formula One and the NASCAR ratings and stuff like that. You're listening to Speed City live in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. All right, we want to welcome back to the show Sean Walker with Haggerty Insurance. Sean, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Oh, doing great. Oh, how about you? All right. I'm doing well. How about that Nico kid? Oh, man. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Right? yeah, very impressive. Keep an eye on him. Super All right, Sean, impressive. what are we going to talk about? You talk about some uh, some cool classics under ten grand. Yeah, so, you know, it's the holidays. There um, you go. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know where, what your holiday budget is, but if you've got a young car guy or you've got a uh, car enthusiast in the family that's looking for something affordable, um, I just kind of wanted to run a list down for you, give you a little bit of a playbook. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, on what that what cars you could go out and get for under ten grand or right around ten grand. Yeah, We're gonna flub yeah. it a little bit. Um, let me tell you the our methodology real quick because we know car guys are gonna jump all oh, over yeah. us, right? <laughs> so uh, I just want to let you know that this is on a hundred point scale. We track cars year over year based on auction results, based on um, our insured value in our insurance book, uh, significant private sales, and other factors in the market. So if you're above 50 as a car, that means you're outperforming the market in general. Okay. If you're oh, okay. below nice. 50, that means you're underperforming in the market in general. So these cars that we're going to talk about today are still under 10 grand, but not for long. 
because they're going to be above 50. So they're about scale. to hit the upswing. Is that what you're saying? Right. We're looking at a hockey stick here. So we're and at the bottom of the hockey stick and it's going to go up. Well, here's the secret I want to know. How do I get, how do I find out about these cars before they go up the scale? <laughs> before they get on your list. You, know, you just keep looking at those Haggerty articles. Okay. Yeah. Right. The Speed enough. City. And the Haggerty valuation tool. I mean, think about the, the resources that you guys have from all the insurance that you deal with, because you guys insure more classic cars than everybody combined, probably other any other insurance companies, but you have all that data. Right, yeah, and we like to use the data for good, right? Yeah. So we want to we <laughs> put it out there so that you can go find the right car. Now, I will put a disclaimer on it. We don't know what the market's going to do, so you go out and buy this That's car, true. and it tanks next year. Please don't come find it's kinda it. kind of like a stock market. Look, <laughs> here's the data snapshot right now. Yeah, you yeah, decide exactly. how you're going to spend your right. money. And we're looking at it based on what last year did, so... Um, Andrew Newton, one of our writers, um, put together an article that we're going to uh, share with you guys on these cars. The first one up, uh, a great popular car, a 97 through no, uh, 2004 Porsche Boxsters. Yeah. Now, I'll say, uh, we're just talking about Nico down at Harris Hill tracking. This is a very popular car in the club sport track days and the, the solo competitions, the autocrosses. It's a great budget car. There were so many produced. Parts are everywhere for yeah. it. And uh, it has a great aftermarket following as well. Right. So you can find it for you know an affordable price, and then you can upkeep it for an affordable price as well. Um, so it's a great car, and you're right. In, in its day, it was racing against the BMW Z3. It was racing against the uh, Mercedes SLK. And uh, I personally think it's a superior track car. Yeah, and that one gets a 77 on that scale of 100 you're talking about. 77, so it's really performing right now. Yeah, um, I, I, as soon as I saw that on the quick. list, I knew that was a <laughs> smart one. Yeah, and to be clear, we're talking about a number three value on our valuation tools. Yeah. So um, next up, we've got the 87 through the 91 Ford Bronco. The big Broncos. Big Broncos. I love that car. Ones. That's a classic. I like yeah. them in white. <laughs> I like them with a <laughs> popular one. Yeah, but they're harder to clean. <laughs> Both inside and in history there. <laughs> no, no I, I like the removable tops on them. They yeah. were still the removable tops. There's a, and a, another one. Great accessories, great line. It was a Ford chassis. And they're dang near indestructible. You yeah. Know, you, can, you can drive those things. I, I, and it's hot to catch them. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you're trying, <laughs> and the next one, the next one on your list, I, that's what I learned to drive on. Was the oh next one. really? Well, the Ford Bronco, just so you know, oh, yeah. scored a seventy six on the yeah. scale. Okay, um, nice. The next one is the sixty seven through the seventy two GMC CK series pickup trucks. Yep, um, this is kind of the softened square body, if you this, will. I like the way you said that. Yeah, softened square body. It's got it doesn't have the rigid edges like your normal square body. It's doing an eighty five. Um, on our scale right now, and it's uh, you know the second gen CK series, and we're seeing so trucks. you've got the three fifties all in them, right? Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah. big blocks too, four fifty fours. That's right. Wrench on again. That might be a theme that you found here. In this mm. uh, and again, it, it scored an eighty five, so it's doing really well. We, you know, yeah. truck, the truck market is pretty solid, fellas. Yeah, yeah. You can't really go wrong with a vintage truck at the moment. I know. I drive one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next up, we got the 90 through the 96 300ZX. It scored a 71. What do you think, Les? Oh, I, th I think that's great because that is uh, when the ZXs really took a turn for performance. Mm -hmm. And if you check out what they're doing, they're becoming increasingly popular. I think that's a very leading edge tip right there on this era of the ZX. I, I, like, I like these because... After the ZX, the original two, you know, 240, 260, 280, after those, they started getting slower, bigger, more luxurious. This was the step back to performance for the Z car. Right, yeah, exactly. and I would you not agree with me that 
back in those days, back in the mid nineties, Nissan were like that. That was that was the cool thing. Whereas Honda and Acura and, and yeah. the other Japanese manufacturers in the late nineties yeah. became far more popular. Whereas Nissan were one of the originals for like creating really cool cars. Yeah. Yeah, this was, to me, this was... Or Japanese yeah, cars. Yeah, you know. getting back to it. But yeah, what's next on the list, Sean? Um, the next car is the 86 through the 92 uh, Mazda RX-7. And yeah. We, we yeah. talked a little bit about our RX-7s. We, we uh, did before, yeah. yeah. I, I owned a couple of these, but yeah, they're awesome. I don't think you can go wrong with an RX-7. No. They're great cars. You can you know tour in them and have fun on the street, and you can even hit the track. Well balanced. Yeah. Uh, another good sports car. If you're wanting something that's track capable, some autocross time... It's a great little car to go play in. Very well balanced. We're talking about playing. I mean, you, you mentioned that kid from from Harris Hill. That's what they that's what they play in at Harris Hill, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. they'll they'll play in RX sevens. They'll play in the Miatas. Uh, Amasta's just got a great history okay. in the club sport. Difference between an RX seven and a and a Miata. Oh, day and night. The Miata is the uh, Japanese MGB. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Agreed. Yeah, there you go. But they're scoring there 81. Go. They're doing really good in the market right now. I think you should buy one. 1984 through 93 Mercedes Benz 190. It's huh. got a 77 on our scale. That one surprised me. I don't. It's not that I don't like them or anything. It just surprised me. I actually owned one of those. Did you really? Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Now? It's huh. just a rock solid vehicle. The chassis was awesome. Yep. Uh, this is when Mercedes was really paying attention to the suspension again as they were going because 84 we still weren't getting the horsepower. If you look back there, this is also the chassis that the famous Mercedes-Benz Hammer was put on. Oh, yeah. nice. I, I drove one for about three years. I had one. I bought it cheap for somebody who was leaving Hong Kong, and I bought it off them. It wasn't my kind of car at all at first, and I, but but it was cheap, and they were giving it, literally giving it away. I grew to love that car. Huh. I, the best way I can describe it, solid. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, definitely solid. The last car I have to talk about here is the 85 through the 89 Merker XR4Ti. Yep. It's doing 80 on the scale, and I don't even know anything you know what? about this car. Guys. You know what's oh, weird it's about this gr- car? It was a great car. Is, do you remember what we were talking about a couple weeks ago? We talked, I mentioned the Ford SVO four-cylinder yeah. turbo. Same engine. Same engine in there, huh? Same engine as the Mercury XR4 well, it's on I the remember very these cars, by the way. The scale, yeah. by the way. It's, it's median price is about $2,500. If I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, wasn't this a European-built car but brought here with, and then put the Ford engine in? This was used by a German in their smaller uh, tin-top racing, if you will. Uh, the Touring Race Series was uh, their metric sports car, basically, when Ford was really pushing the worldwide manufacturing and the automotive culture. This was the German uh, contribution to that. Again, using that 2.3 turbo charge four-cylinder that we saw in the Mustang SVO as well. Yeah, and I just want to say one more time that these were all at the number three value, so they're they're going to be a, a, a driver shape. This is yeah. not a Concours-style car we're looking at here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are drivers that you can scoop up for these prices. Well, all this right. is uh, this became a car really popular, especially around the club sport things. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, Sean Walker with Haggard Insurance, thank you for coming on again. We appreciate it. We always look forward to these segments. Always a pleasure. All right. Talk to you soon. All righty. Hi, this is Ryan DL, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. All right, boys, we're going to continue our discussion about young Are we not going to figure out which one of those you would get today? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I do have young two young sons. I was kind of doing, I was thinking about what Sean yeah, said about Christmas shopping. worth it. I know. Those are, those are pretty cool. Shh, don't say anything. 
All right. Um, gotcha. uh, young race drivers. We had Nico on the show here and Krista Dulu on the show a few minutes ago. We were going to have Parker Locke on the show and we talked a little bit he's about... He's airborne. Yeah. Yeah, he's airborne. He couldn't, he, he couldn't make the show because he had a, a, a flight canceled on him. But, um, but let's talk about him anyway. Yeah, I think because it's a he's good from story. San Antonio. He's and, a yeah. San Antonio 17-year-old. He has been racing here in the States and of course he raced um, in F4, but... But he's going to be racing for the first time outside of the United States uh, at the Toyota Racing Series in New Zealand, um, and I'll be there with him doing the, doing the TV for that. Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll make sure that everybody knows where he is. Uh, we'll have we'll do more stuff with him when, when we're down there. But I was hoping to you know talk to him tonight because this is really gonna this is gonna change his life. And I don't mean that to sound overly dramatic, but at seventeen to have never travelled uh, and to go as far as New Zealand, which is a fantastic place. Uh, they love their motor racing. They have a huge history of motor racing. And I think the biggest thing, and there's three Americans, that's the first time we've ever had that many Americans also, is they're going to be part of a Grand Prix, the New Zealand Grand Prix, which goes like, you know, I mean, the guys that have won the New Zealand Grand Prix goes all the day, all the way back to like Stirling Moss's day and, and Chris Amon's yeah. day. So you're... you're the Tasman series. The Tasman series. There you and go. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of history to this. There's a lot of... Um, you, you know, media involved with it. It's This is a huge step up for this kid uh, from San Antonio, and I'm excited for him. We're going to be part of the journey. I'll be reporting back. We'll have him on the show as much as we can. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited uh, for him. Yeah, I've got a quote from him, and it was exactly what we were talking about earlier, and the whole reasoning behind why ever all these young drivers go over there to the Toyota Racing Series. He says, the reason he's going is, my goal is to learn better racecraft and improve over the five weekends. He says, I explained, he said, I started in racing at a very late age, so my racecraft is not up to the level. He said, I'm fast. I've shown that I have the speed, but my racecraft needs to improve. So mm. think about that. There's some, there's a lot more than just the, the regular dynamics to, to racing. It, it's all about the, the craft, the whole scenario. Yeah, and you ask, uh, I mean, you ask Tony Calderon, uh, Will Owen? Remember, yep. came oh, yeah. down to the Toyota Racing Series, Expecting and to be honest, he <laughs> yeah. really did not. I mean, he got a couple of top ten finishes, maybe an eighth here or a seventh. He did not turn over any rocks, did not do anything spectacular by his own admission. But he was there to learn. He's since gone on to become a European uh, Le Mans champion. Um, so, and, and has now got a, a massive career ahead of him. Uh, and thanks to Tony and the Speed Group team, uh, Will Owen is now a, you know, a major household name in, in motor racing on the up and up. So, you know, it, and it's different things for different folks. Uh, Dan Tictum's expected to go. He just won Macau, of course, and is is on the books of Red Bull. Hasn't got enough super license points. <laughs> so looking to show up in, uh, in uh, New Zealand, get enough to be the reserve driver for the Toro Rosso team next Next year, how about that? that? That's, a, that's a great point because right now he is a hot ticket. Oh, yeah. right? Everybody's talking about back it. Back-to-back wins but at Macau, he, yeah. You know, it's like, so Formula One team, he's, he's obviously he's moving up, he's on the radar, but he can't race it. He didn't have the points, but now the Toyota Racing Series, now that they offer points, he can go get those points. And you know why? Uh, there's, a, there's a more kind of obvious reason. The points that you get have to be gathered over a period of time. He had a year out of racing. He was banned from racing oh, for a year from right, Mr. Yeah. Benio, which we don't need to go into because he's back on the up and up. Um, but uh, he, he made a mistake, kids do, and uh, he, he had to stop racing for a year and lost his license. So now he's getting it back. He was runner-up in the Formula 3 Championship in Europe behind Mick Schumacher, won the Macau Grand Prix back-to-back, -back. 
Uh, and actually, I mean, th- his performance at this year's Macau Grand Prix was stunning. I mean, he was fastest in every session. He was brilliant. Um, and he's very laid back. Red Bull have got, you know, we've been talking about where's the next Red Bull driver right. to come from. We know now. <laughs> Dan Tictum. Well, I want to jump into, Jonathan, you talked about earlier about the American F3 and F4 series, and you wanted to talk about the schedules and talk about what's happening this year. I mean, it, it's these are, we're starting to think of these as becoming a little bit mature, the F4 series anyway. It's going to be, what, it's fourth season for the American US F4 championship? Yeah, and interestingly enough, we I said there was three Americans. Um, Cameron Das, the winner of the first ever F4 series uh, season uh, here in the United States, uh, will also be run, running in... Ah. Uh, the Toyota, Toyota Racing Series. Okay. And he's running for, he's going to be actually one of the favourites to win it because he's done the whole series before and he's been racing in Europe uh, this last season, um, but he's going to do Toyota. So Cameron Das, definitely one to, re- to remember. But yeah, uh, the Formula 3 and Formula 4 championships go from strength to strength. Uh, Formula 4, like you say, in its third year now, uh, but the Formula 3 championship only in its second year. Uh, if, if you remember, they only started the season uh, in August last year, uh, and it only had a very small uptake of about uh, four or five cars, uh, including Kyle Kirkwood, who went on to win the F3 championship. Um, but it's early days. The car was late. Um, they had problems. Uh, it's the, it's the all-new Halo car. Um, but they only started it in, um, in August, but it was on the F1 um, schedule. And they've now got a full schedule, which includes, well, it starts off in April. Uh, the F3 does at um, Barber Motorsport. And then the F4 starts at Road Atlanta. They'll be together there, F3 and F4, because it's all SCCA Pro Racing. Um, they're also with uh, the Xfinity Championship. They're with us, with Trans Am. Um, so they, and of course, uh, the Circuit of the Americas with Formula One for Formula Four only, not this year. Not oh, really? Formula, Formula Three is not going to be at F1. According to this schedule, no. It's, there is one TBA for F3, huh. and it could be because the numbers were down last year. That F1's like, look, let's see how many numbers you got. So I, I think, be yeah, TBD, yeah, TBD, yeah. It says that TBA six date. So. That's where we are. But um, they're going to uh, Pittsburgh. They're going to Virginia. They're going to Sebring. Uh, Some good circuits, some good venues, um, and some great experience for these kids. All right. Well, I want to shift to – we're going to be talking about the young guys. Let's talk about some of the the Formula One players that have been around for a while because (laughs) they had the FIA Awards this year. I got this. I got this. Leave me alone. I got this. We we went Is this my cup? Can I drink out of it? In case you're wondering what Jonathan is doing, he was, his impression of Kimi Räikkönen. I'm, I'm good at a drunk, huh? That was pretty good, actually. That was pretty good. Leave me alone, I can't. Ah, leave me alone, I <laughs> What was that movie with Dudley Moore? <laughs> Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, they, Kimi was apparently... Hey, yeah, no, you're thinking of uh, Arthur. Arthur, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that one. When he asked, where's the rest of this moose? Uh, uh, but yeah, Kimi was apparently having a good time and having a few no drinks, pain. feeling no pain at the FIA Awards. If you haven't seen that, you got to go just search it up because it was really funny. And I, you know, I thought it was great because he's just it's their night to have fun, right? And he did have fun. And he is fun. Uh, people don't see that. That's the funny thing is that you, uh, we all see Formula One uh, in a very, very closeted light because you only see what, what TV allows, obviously. And it's only when you're around them or at a party or whatever that you actually see that these guys have actually got quite a, quite a character. And Kimmy is definitely quite a character um, for sure. Okay, but check out the videos. But, but <laughs> definitely 
Check out Sebastian Vettel. What is this stash he's well, rolling now? Well, he couldn't now. work out a haircut during the season. It lost in the championship. He's now grown a mustache because he thinks he can be Graham Hill and win the triple. He, he needs to have a long talk with himself. He's no Nigel Mansell in that category, but I tell you that uh, don't do that. Sebastian. That mustache is not going to make him a fast sixties like driver. Seventies porn star yeah. kind of waiting on a guitar. How many with of those do you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. Just interesting that you knew that category and that. Interesting. You know what? I think we need to take a break. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead for a long winter, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take our break. And when we come back, we're gonna, I got a couple other F1 stories I want to talk about. One about Mario Andretti that I'm really excited to talk about. Listen to Speed City. We're live in Austin. Back after these messages. Drive the Jacob Company's Ford Fiesta for Lone Bro Chip Ganassi Racing. You're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. We're talking about all sorts of off-season things, Kimi Räikkönen and such. But speaking of uh, things that happen uh, in the off-season, we got our oh, we got yeah. we got our, our car show that we do here in Austin at the Cellus Brewery. Uh, the we normally do it on the fourth. Wednesday of the month, but this month for December for the holiday season, we're going to do it on the 19th. And this one's turning out looking huge, Les. Les uh, is really we, the, the man behind the, the, the uh, scene on this yeah, one. Yeah, kudos, so. Les has got this yeah. well down tapped. Hey, I, I will tell you, folks, this is a great car gathering. It's not a thousand cars big. This is uh, 60, 70 really cool cars, really cool people, really cool motorcycles showing up. Personalities, you may point at them go, ah, He's familiar. Yeah, he probably is. There are some of those kind around, so it's always fun. But here we go this month. It is on the 19th. The theme is red. I want you to wear red, arrive in something red, on something red. Special <laughs> have you, benefit. Have you invited the old man from uh, up north? I have. I have. <laughs> He's got a sleigh. Uh, the uh, Brown Santa of Travis County is our charity of the month. And so we're inviting everybody to come out. Please bring a new unwrapped toy to donate to that charity. Uh, they help out families in need, especially the children in those. And I can't oh, wait to see what, what they arrive in with Brown Santa folks. Uh, yeah. Just wait. All right. I want to do another little quick piece of business because um, uh, the radio station here in Austin, 1370, has uh, they've teamed up on the radio.com app. And this thing is actually really cool. I, have, it's, I actually had one of our listeners tell me about it. He's like, hey, man, that app is really cool, but I don't know enough about it, but our producer Casey knows the all about it. The man behind the curtain? The man behind the curtain. Hey, Casey, tell us about the radio.com app. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> radio.com is kind of our, uh, here at Intercom uh, Radio, kind of our platform for all of our stations across the country. Of course, Intercom is the unrivaled leader in news and sports talk radio across the country. So uh, New York's WFAN. Uh, um, oh, cool. The... Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, in uh, New England, WEI, that's the one I'm oh, thinking the, of. The Patriots Station. Yeah, the sports. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just two examples there. Of course, Speed City right there live <laughs> with Talk 1370. You can favorite your favorite stations, get notifications from each of those stations, find podcasts right there. As soon as Speed City comes down, about 30 minutes later, that podcast is up oh, and cool. on the app. With a so transcript. Get it there. 
With it eh, on the website. Okay. Uh, okay. Go to the website. It's there. Not on the app, but you can also subscribe to the podcast and it will actually ping you as soon as the podcast is posted and a new episode is there. That's very so cool. It's all there. Just go to talk1370.com slash app and it'll prompt you, walk you through downloading it for iOS and Android. And you can also, another piece of radio.com is the smart speaker angle. So Amazon Alexa or Amazon oh, Echo, yeah. oh, Alexa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Google Home, Sonos Smart Speakers, Hey Siri, uh, Roku. Play Speed City. Exactly. I wonder All if the- that just worked for anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, I know. I know they're working on being able to play the podcast. Wait, where did Les go? He's, he's just appeared in somebody else's house. <laughs> where did Les go? He's everywhere. I said that, and my phone started doing it, tried to find it, <laughs> and and we'll and we'll have some details up on the website once that functionality rolls out. But soon you'll be able to say Alexa, openradio.com and play Speed City, and it'll play the most recent episode. Right then and there. So That's a lot cool. of cool new things coming, a lot of new features the guys are working on coming out in the next couple of months. We'll keep you up to date on those as they roll out. Awesome. Thanks, Casey. All right, guys, I want to talk a little bit more about Formula One and a little bit more in the holiday season about it because what I saw again this year that Mario Andretti has done, again, he did this last year, at least, I don't know how long he's been doing it, but I, I caught it last year, and he tweeted out a picture of his Christmas tree and then he said, I want to see, I'd love to see how you decorate your tree. Send me a picture. So, of course, I don't know how many millions of followers Mario has, but people started tweeting him their tree. And if you, you, you have to go do this. I swear I spent 30 minutes looking through because what, what Mario does is that he'll reply to every single post. And I swear, I kept going and going, and I couldn't find one that he wasn't responding to. He's like the busiest guy. I've never seen anything like Mario. Whenever you're around him, it's amazing. He does sign all of, all the autographs and looks oh, yeah. like he does all his mail, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. You know but, what? I, I want to see your pictures, too. So if you post them to Mario, tag Speedcaster. Yeah, but, but also, he doesn't just respond and say, hey, cool picture, thanks. He looks at him, and you can see that he's reading like he talks about stuff in the background. He's going... Well, it looks like you need a little help there or whatever. He he goes on and on and I'm just I'm just amazed that he takes the time to do that. He, anybody, you know, that to me that's for for anybody else I'd say it's grassroots marketing, but it's not. That's not Mario. He's just that's who he is. Yeah, but he just, he's also very competitive even in his in his <laughs> 70s and he's making sure he's got the right the best Christmas tree. So he's you know, he's staying he one step ahead of the well, competition. If you look at his tree, there's no doubt. His <laughs> Because his tree goes up into the second story of there his house. Go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a pretty awesome tree. But anyway, Mario's, it, it was just, a, it's great. I love to watch him do that. And it's really fun to see him interact with the fans and everything. So, all right, guys, let's talk a little other stories. Les, I saw you wanted to talk a little bit about um, about Connor Daly. He's doing some, some Connor race. Daly. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, he, you know, we missed seeing him last year with, uh, with the loss of sponsorship over some bogus calls if you ask anybody around hmm. but connor daly is getting back behind the wheel uh dirt tracking and so i am really happy to see it for one connor's a fun person to be around going midget racing again this is uh this is really cool he's going to be going in the chili bowl <laughs> so uh it's one of the major dirt track races and so he's he's been caught up on that you know he got in the chili bowl around the uh, September race, and he's coming back. This is Jonathan Bird Racing that he's going to handle. And I, I'm just looking forward to it because dirt car racing, USAC, 
is like rugby. <laughs> yeah, and also I it's love in, it. It's interesting because the the midget races here in the states generally go towards the NASCAR world after they finish midgets. Whereas when I go down to New Zealand, there's bunches of New Ze- uh, of uh, midget racing, uh, dirt dirt track midget racing, and they all go into the Toyota racing series or <laughs> into single seaters after that. So it's it's quite opposite. Obviously, there's no NASCAR scene down there, but but it is interesting to see how when a guy gets really good on dirt and Nick Cassidy, for example. Who Who's now, you know, yeah. uh, in the super well runner-up in the Super GTs in Japan behind Jensen Button last year, uh, racing for Lexus, and of course a former uh, Toyota Racing Series guy. Um, but he midgets—that's exactly where he started off. So the skills definitely um, so, that you can learn on the dirt. Oh yeah, so so keep an eye out for Connor. His next race is actually his birthday, December fifteenth. Mine too, Decoin, Illinois. Oh, that's cool. And so uh, he'll be racing the Chili Bowl. Uh, also but he's, in he's coming, mid-January. Is he coming down on the 19th and bringing his midget? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I got a story for you guys. Did you guys see in, on motorsport.com, there was a story and the headline is how F1 is going to crack the extra mile, uh, going go the extra mile to crack America. In other words, trying to grow the audience here. And the the whole article is about the Austin race, but it also goes into Austin. It's really pretty cool. It's like, it says... Uh, one of the first things it says, it says, from the moment you touch down in Austin, you're aware that this city is unlike any other. Weird is an understatement. Obviously, if, you, if you've heard anybody talk about Austin, we, the, one of our taglines is uh, keep Austin weird. But this is a really cool article because it goes on and on about Austin and about the art of live music and all that. But it's, a, it's, it's good because it talks about what Formula One is going to be, is, is trying to do to grow the sport here. And we'll we'll tweet out a link to that, but it's a really good article, and it talks actually quite a bit about Austin and the economic impact of the Grand Prix here in Austin, and and in fact, they quoted some of the numbers that um, that we saw in that study that was done a couple of years ago, where it's you know it Austin has had, had a coda has had a cumulative economic impact of five billion on the Austin metropolitan area. Bazinga. <laughs> well, and, and I'll tell you, you know, this is fastly becoming a story that will go to, you know, it's going to go down in history as one of the most successful stories of businesses that didn't exist here before. Um, okay, the infrastructure is still not there. We haven't got it like, you know, mom and pop uh, shops growing everywhere in, in Austin doing racing. But I have to say, the racing community is growing quickly uh, here. Um, and that Circle of the Americas, um, we're not, we just now we're starting to talk about San Antonio drivers and all this sort of stuff. It's, it's starting growing. to come around. Yep. You know, so, as, as we were talking with uh, Nico's family, that. Uh, there are people that are starting to come to this area because Coda's here, because mm. the motorsport, because the race service groups are showing up here. All of this thing that is happening, and uh, it really is turning to be the place to be if you're looking for uh, something around the uh, F4, F3, F2. And well, I'm convinced one. the real catalyst will be when the tech companies meet motor racing, okay. which they already do at the highest level. But when um, Dell and Intel get properly into Austin racing scene, I think it's going to be... Huge. All right, I got one for you because I went to the Austin Chamber of Commerce. Every year they have a big, huge luncheon, and it's it's all about the economic forecast of Austin yeah. and the rest of the country. But obviously we're sitting here focused on Austin, and the guy next to me is a commercial real estate guy, and he was telling me about his 
all of his projects on the east part of town. I said, really, where? And he goes, you know where Elroy Road is? <laughs> and I said, yeah there's, yeah, a, yeah, there's a little racetrack out there. He goes, yeah, well, right across the street from Circuit of the Americas. And then so I'm, mm-hmm. that was Friday, or I think it was, yeah, it was, it was Thursday or Friday. But anyway, I'm going to follow up with this guy and find out what all they're doing. But, but that's just a perfect example. We knew that it was going to take time. Mm-hmm. And I know it's been seven years now almost. So uh, it, we knew it's going to take time. But just like anything else, the city, Austin, is just growing so crazy. And it has to grow that direction. It that's, can only grow that that's direction. That's one of the last directions it well, can grow. Without. Yeah. And I can say that last week, there is a new service shop for race car services out there. Right yeah. by the track now, and uh, I'm going to go meet with them. And you remember, go. we had uh, there was that story that came out about the big, the high rise condominiums that they're oh, gonna, yeah they're inside the track. Inside the track, we'll yep. see if that comes what, to fruition. What was Bobby's comment? We'll see about that. <laughs> oh, people dream. That's what he said. People dream. <laughs> I was hoping he would say, "Oh, that's a done deal. It's going to happen." Because I think that would yeah, be yeah. cool. Not that I'm probably going to spend two million dollars on a condo in the middle of Circuit of the Americas, but it would still be cool if it were to happen. But let's—we got just a couple minutes left. But there's a couple other stories that I wanted to touch on. Um, one of them was last you talked about it earlier in the show, and I want to get it. And that is the numbers, the NASCAR viewership yeah. ratings. NASCAR numbers. You know, I, I don't wish NASCAR any ill will, and we don't really talk about it much here. But they have serious issues. Uh, the TV viewership ratings fell monstrously for 2018 compared to 17. I'm looking at these Some numbers. of these and remember things, if you nap first you last. Yeah. <laughs> Bristol race down 39% in viewership. That's Bristol. That that's a biggie. And Talladega down 21. That is huge. There those are big big impacts. You know, I was curious because I felt like NASCAR needs more road racing. So I looked at it. Sonoma down 30%, but then to counter that only a little bit, Watkins Glen was up 15%. Bottom line, most of the tracks and race events are down double-digit figures compared to 17. And when you look at it compared to 16, Darlington was down nearly 50%. What's the reason they're giving? You know, I have a feeling fans are getting bored with the sit- the viewing. And I think people are less people are taking cable. I think they... Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Could be. All right, we're almost at, I think they need to come to Austin. How about that? Come, how about another road oh, course? Without right. a doubt. <laughs> I'll take it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning into Speed City tonight. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. We're going to put a link to that radio.com app up there as well. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.